Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Institute for Policy Innovation podcast. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. Today is December 1st, 2022. And I'm joined today, as usual, by IPI resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. And today, Dr. Matthews, we're going to talk about Mark Cuban's plunge into the healthcare system, mm-hmm. specifically on prescription drugs. Right. So, so Mark Cuban is doing something pretty interesting and innovative. I've been seeing little bits about it on social media, but you've got the story. Yes, and and there are very few places that need innovation and disruption more than the healthcare industry. You have a lot of in innovation in terms of creating new products and so forth, but in terms of the healthcare system and how we buy our uh, our prescriptions, our medical care and so forth, that needs a lot of innovation. We're yeah, every, essentially every, everybody seems happy with the product. Right. Just not how it's paid for. We're essentially living in the mid 20th century when it comes to how the healthcare system functions and we pay for it and so forth. So uh, Mark Cuban has decided to jump in here. It's a, I, I would consider it a very interesting development. He has created what, what he calls Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company. So that's the name of what he's doing. He's put it online. And to start out with, the, the, the market for prescription drugs, real pre- retail prescription drugs, it's been broken for a while, which is why for the last 20 years, uh, primarily Democrats have tried to do something to restructure the, the way we buy prescription drugs. Uh, they either want the government doing something, the government negotiating prices in Medicare. They want us buying prescriptions from unknown websites in Canada or somewhere right. else. This they've is done, the, the importation right. movement, right. They've done a range of things to try to figure out how to address the cost of, of prescription drugs. And we keep hearing about the cost of prescription drugs. I mean, the, the right. Biden administration touts this is like one of their policy priorities, one right? Their, right. And and when they talk about what they've done to fight inflation, they talk about bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. And as a consumer, I find this to be strange. I must be having a very different consumer experience than some other folks mm-hmm. because not only does does my employer-based health insurance cover the vast majority of prescription drugs that, mm-hmm. that my family needs, but during the George W. Bush administration, of course, we passed this massive prescri- prescription drug benefit right. uh, as part of Medicare Right. that, you know, we, we the federal government spends an enormous amount of money on right now, essentially lowering the cost of prescription drugs for seniors. Exactly. So, you know, I... I, I Mark Cuban is a smart entrepreneur. He would not have jumped in here if he didn't think there was an opportunity. I think that's right. No. And so, and, and I think it's an, it may be a nonprofit right now. Essentially, what they're doing is they're just charging uh, their, their cost plus uh, 15%. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself mm-hmm. here because let's talk a little bit about why we have this problem. Because you mentioned most people have health insurance. They're insulated from the cost of the, or their prescription drugs and most other medical care that they get. And so they don't really have this incentive to go out and say, okay, doctor, do I, you know, it's a generic, just as good as a brand name drug because I'm paying for this out of my pocket. So at the retail space, uh, people have been insulated from the cost of care, as you mentioned, uh, but prescription drugs are still, some of them are very expensive. Now, to add to the other point is about 90% of the prescriptions that Americans get are generics, and the vast majority of them are very inexpensive. 
Uh, if, if if you're getting if you're getting with insurance, you might be paying three or four or five dollars copay. If you're paying the full price, it might be ten or twelve dollars. So the vast majority of the, of the things that people use are generics, and they're very inexpensive. In fact, less expensive than in many other countries. So so the majority the majority of Americans. If you're taking the most common drugs, mm-hmm. the likelihood is that they're very inexpensive because they're generic. Right. And so that leaves you with a population of people either who do not have insurance mm-hmm. or do not have adequate insurance or a population of people who, because of a specific medical condition, have to take a drug that is very expensive and is not yet generic. Right. There are still some drugs that are very expensive and especially the new ones coming out. You know, we just they're just talking about a new drug for Alzheimer's. They think they've made some progress really for the first time to have one that looks like it's going it's fairly effective mm-hmm. so far i've said for years if they if they come up with a cure for alzheimer's or something that can dramatically reduce the deterioration there it'll be it'll be worth a lot of money mm-hmm. uh because it's such a widespread disease but right. anyway so the reason we have we have so much prob- problem with the drug market is we've got a middleman in here and so the drug manufacturers manufacture the drug. They set their price on there. They're allowed to set their own price in the United States. But then you have what we call pharmacy benefit managers, and there's just three or four major companies that do this. And they come in and they negotiate discounts with the drug companies, and then they're supposed to be essentially passing those discounts by buying large quantities of the drugs. Mm-hmm. They're passing it on. And we've got something like 266 million Americans we only got about 330 million, but about 266 million Americans are in an insurance plan that uses a PBM that has a PBM doing this. So, so in other huge words, influence. So in other words, your the odds are your local pharmacy is not buying directly from the manufacturer. Right. They're going through these PBMs, prescription drug managers, unless their local pharmacy is one of the huge giant chains that is in fact a prescription benefit prescription benefit manager which is which is in fact the case in in, in a few cases yeah but yeah so that so you have this middleman and and I don't want to I don't want to be too critical of middlemen. Middlemen can provide some value at times. Uh, they can in distribution or other things. But what's happened here is you've got a very few small number of middlemen with very very large markets and they're able to negotiate significant discounts off the retail price. And as a result, they're supposed to be passing that on to us. Yeah. But what we've seen over the past several years, a number of studies and others have come out saying they keep a big chunk of that yeah. well, discount you know, I, for I themselves. This, I think this is a, a kind of amusing because, you know, what a middleman, quote unquote, does, mm-hmm. right, is find a profit opportunity. Right. You know, by by making things more efficient or whatever. But then once they've done that, once they've succeeded in making things more efficient, mm-hmm. people look at them and say, "Okay, wait a minute. Uh, all all of these profits you've managed to squeeze out of the system should should be passed on to consumers, mm-hmm. and so you shouldn't be there." Right. And that's kind of what's happening right now with PBMs is that they have been actually very successful at what they set out to do, but they're not nonprofits. They're not right. charities. It, they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't able to return a healthy profit. To their shareholders, they do very well, and of course, they they some cases they have contracts with insurers. Sometimes they work; they they have a controlling interest in the insurer. So there's a lot of of combinations here, which ends up uh, allowing the PBMs to make a lot of money, and we as patients end up not getting as big a discount. We complain about that. 
the media and some politicians then go and blame the drug companies, and the drug companies will, will turn us around and say, well, look, we're actually getting a smaller price for right. our drug than we have for a well, while. Well, you, you've actually written several times on this topic, mm-hmm. and that is that, you know, you have consumers who are angry about their drug costs, and they immediately want to blame the manufacturers, and the manufacturers say, wait a minute. You know, we're getting, we're yeah. getting even less right. of a share. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's these PBMs that are actually making all the profits in the prescription and drug And you know space. what happens on things like this is sometimes if you know you've got to provide this discount, you end up increasing your price in order to compensate for the discount right. because in order to be able to be able to make enough money to to make it work. So it's just it's simp- it's essentially kind of a broken system and nobody's been able to figure out how you get past this. Mark Cuban may have. Right. Enter so, Mark Cuban. Enter Mark Cuban. <laughs> so he's created a new website. As I mentioned, it's Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drug Company, and his his model here is he's not making he he's basically taking the cost of the drugs that he gets. They're generics only right now, I believe, and he's adding fifteen percent sort of handling fee, and I think there's a two or three dollar pharmacy fee on top of that. So it's it's um. Uh, it's a very low markup on that. He's got about 400 generic. I went through and counted them. There's about 400 generic drugs listed on there. So there, there's some really good pri- uh, some drugs. And I just looked. I'll just go over some of the prices here. So Atorvastatin, that is the generic uh, name for li- uh, Lipitor, standard retail price that they mention on Cuban's website because they want to show you the savings, yeah. is $55.08 for a refill prescription. So that's like a month's supply. Right. Okay. His price is $3.60. Mm. So 55 down to 360. Uh azithromycin, uh that is a, the retail price $150. Uh his price $11. Um Truvada, Truvada is a expensive drug out there, $1847 for a month's prescription. His price $15.42. Jeez. Then you have uh, Nexium. Nexium is something that's been yeah. around for a while. The um, retail price, $216. His price, $6. Um, Crestor, retail price, $111. His price, $4.80. Gleevec, which is a leukemia drug, yeah. they got hit very, I mean, they were criticized significantly for com- for the price that they were charging when they came out with that. Uh the um, retail price twenty five hundred dollars. His price fourteen dollars and forty cents. So you, have, wow, you have some and and I suspect you could go to some pharmacies and get something. Get the prices down from where that what he's calling oh, sure. the yeah. retail yeah. price. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's probably paying that price, but, but it's a significant discount. So how how is Mark Cuban? How is what Mark Cuban doing different than what a PBM does, other than? That he's making this commitment to cost plus, right? He's apparently going and negotiating himself. Yeah, he's, he's not got, going to keep the. He's whole got spread. the network, and he's he's negotiating the discounts, and he's taking that and passing the the vast majority of the discount onto onto patients. And this has created a. There's been you know as news accounts have been writing about this, he's hit a few bumps because demand is high. Mm. A lot of and he's not taking insurance. Okay. Uh, he said they may do that eventually, but one of the points we've argued in healthcare is. 
if once you get once you get middleman and insurance out of this, sometimes healthcare isn't nearly as expensive, and it's it may be right. just as inexpensive to pay for it out of pocket than it would be to go through insurance. And you you also have the phenomenon that that you have educated me on, where sometimes the out of pocket cost is actually lower than the insurance copay. Right. <laughs> One of the things that the pharmacy benefit managers had done, and this was something that was stopped with a law that passed under Donald Trump, was they prohibited the pharmacist from telling you that the out-of-pocket cost, if you bought it without insurance, was actually going to be less than your copay. And uh, I only found out about this because it happened to me one time. I went and I was going to buy something, and they said, uh, I said, oh, your insurance doesn't cover this. Oh, gee, how much is it going to be? Well, it's going to be uh, uh, $12, I think it was. I said, well, wait a minute, I think my copay was $15. Well, yes, it was, but it's actually cost less to pay for it out-of-pocket. <laughs> They could tell you, the pharmacists, I understand, could tell you if you ask, okay. but they couldn't offer the information. And so they because passed the contract they had with the, the insurance contract they company, had with right? the insurance yeah. company and the, and the PBMs and yeah. so forth. Yeah. And so they had to uh, they had to they could respond, but only if you asked the question. But most people wouldn't know to ask that question. Mm. I didn't know to ask that question right. when it happened until the 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 uh, and I asked the pharmacist at the time, why would I pay? $15 when I can pay $12 yeah, for it. Yeah. He said, well, that's a good question. He <laughs> left it at that. <laughs> so uh, he's, hit, he's hit a few bumps. Demand is high, and they're having, they don't have that many employees yet, and they're trying to fill this. He has bought space. He's building a warehouse uh, in order to be able to start manufacturing some of these generics himself. Bought the warehouse here in the Dallas area in what's called Deep Ellum. Um, and so they're expanding. He hopes to go to some brand-name drugs at some point. They may use insurance also at some point, which would certainly be good if you've got some really expensive drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's an innovative new approach, which is bypassing the middleman as it stands right now and making things available uh, that you can buy online. So it looks like a very good option for people. And we'll see how this works. But he's sort of breaking the, the standard model and may well be a disruptor in the pharmaceutical industry. You know, um this discussion cannot – I can't help but also be reminded of sort of a parallel discussion, which is the Oklahoma Surgical Center, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Where they don't take insurance. Right. And so what they charge – you could literally look at a menu and see what the price is for a particular surgery. And what they charge for surgery sometimes is 10 and 15 percent. Exactly, yeah. Of what you would pay with typical insurance at a typical provider facility. And I noticed this myself because about two and a half years ago, I got a knee replacement. And the, the, I mean, the, the price came in, it was ridiculous. It was like $75,000 insurance negotiated down to 25000 or something like mm-hmm. that. And my I can't remember my, what my copay was on that or my, my coinsurance was, I think it's $1,500, $1,600, something along that line. But what I had to pay out of pocket was with the insurance, but mm-hmm. I had to pay out of pocket was essentially what they were charging. Sure. And so you could have, I, I could have gone and gotten it there and essentially been the sa- out the same money and save the insurance company thousands of dollars. And, and of course, you've got to figure into that calculation the insurance premiums that you're paying too. Right. You know, that's that's part of that cost. So you know, there's a the suggestion here is that what is broken in our healthcare system is that middle. Right. It's that payment system. It's and, and, and you know, you we're not you and I are not opposed to the idea of health insurance or right. anything like that. But it does seem like there's something very, very 
badly broken in the middle of that chain between the the the, the consumer and the service and, and or the this, consumer and the product. This gets to the part of health insurance, which is the I would argue the real problem is in the vast majority of cases when somebody goes to the pharmacy, they go to the doctor, they go to the hospital. Somebody else, either the insurer, the government, the employer, is paying the bill. And so they don't really have the incentive to ask the question, well, where do I get the best value for my health care dollar? So when you go, you have insurance, and you don't pay much out of pocket or nothing, in some cases, out of pocket for prescription drugs, mm. especially if they're generics. Same thing's true with me. It may be 3 or $4 or something like that. Do I want to go to the trouble of going to Mark Cuban's website and trying to order this when it's really pretty in, uh, inexpensive to me. But what's inexpensive to me is my out-of-pocket. Right. The insurance company's having to pay something. And this is one of the things I think is confusing to an awful lot of people. They'll say, well, I, I went to the pharmacy and I only spent $4. Why is it so much? I mean, uh, and and they think that's what the, that's the cost of the drug. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, it may just be their insurance copay. The drug may be uh, uh, 10 20 100 $500, and they just don't see that. So because people are insulated from the cost, we don't see how much, nearly how much money we spend on health care. But what Mark has done is he is, number one, he's shown that you've gotten, you can get rid of the middleman. Number two, he's posting prices, real prices mm-hmm. that people know. Go to, the, go, to the, go to the pharmacy and say, how much does my prescription drug cost? And they'll say, well, what is your insurance? Right, pay? exactly. They can't give you a price. Right. You can see all kinds of prices in those generic and, and over-the-counter drugs that you're seeing that you, as you walk up to the pharmacy. But once you walk to and talk to the pharmacist, they can't tell you what the price is unless they know what your insurance is. The same is true of medical procedures right. as well, right? So what this all suggests is that there is tremendous potential for disruption mm-hmm. in this system. And, you know, um, it may be that the people that fix the healthcare system are the disruptors, not the government. Mm-hmm. You know, I got an email just the other day from Amazon saying, introducing Amazon Pharmacy. You know, a- Amazon has a history of disrupting and innovating right. and saying, you know what, there's this can be done cheaper, better, faster. Uh, and so I guess it would not be a shock to us as believers in free markets and innovation that it's the private sector that has the potential to make things better for patients and consumers and to disrupt this rather than relying on government to reform it. And in some extent, not just the private sector, but people who are outside of the healthcare system. Yeah. So they are, they're sort of entering in, looking to change the model in some ways because they aren't sort of bound by the old well, model. Well, you know, yeah, the outsider has this tremendous advantage of looking at something and saying you've got to be kidding me (laughs) this this is how this is how you people have been doing this for so long really you've got to be kidding me this makes no sense all right well uh kudos to mark cuban for trying to disrupt something that needs disrupting um and uh all of you out there who are listening, even if you have insurance, next time you should ask your pharmacist what the what the cash price is for Mm -hmm. the drug because you might find it's even cheaper than your copay Well, we would invite you to go to our website at IPI.org where you can find a lot of material on healthcare policy, healthcare reform. Dr. Matthews has spent a good bit of his career working on healthcare policy, and so you can do a deep, deep dive on these topics at our website at IPI.org. You can also sign up there if you'd like to receive notices of all of our new podcasts, new content, and upcoming events. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? We always mention that you can help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society, but particularly at this time of year toward the end of the year, we would ask you if you enjoy these podcasts, if you learn things from them, and if you'd like to see them continue, we would ask you to consider becoming a member of our Giving Society so that we have the resources that we need to continue to do these important podcasts. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.